Hello, everyone. My name is Brennan Marr, and that noise you're hearing is my ventilator. And welcome to Page Turners. They were not my Star Wars podcast. Today, it's time to talk about the mighty Chewbacca. I'm continuing my catalog of the characters in order of appearance in the Star Wars films. Chewbacca, though he is Han Solo's sidekick, is actually seen before the famous gunslinger. Chewbacca is first seen in the release of the films as Obi-Wan Kenobi is talking to him at the bar in Mos Eisley. Before we get to that, let's go all the way back chronologically to the first chronological appearance of Chewbacca in the Star Wars films. And believe it or not, it was in Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Chewbacca appeared on the planet Kashyyyk, which is his home world during a battle against the Separatists on the beach there on the planet. Kashyyyk is a planet covered with towering forests. The Separatists were attacking the beach in a sort of a D-Day style Saving Private Ryan landing. Chewbacca, along with the Chieftain Tarful, were working with the Republic clone army to fight off the Separatists. Chewbacca was present during the battle, and he was also present when Order 66 went into effect. And he assisted Yoda in escaping from the planet without being caught by the programmed clones. Yoda bid Chewbacca farewell and then left. The next time we see Chewbacca is in Solo, A Star Wars Story, where he is being kept by a slave to the Empire, or should I say being kept as a slave to the Empire, and being used as capital punishment for disruly soldiers. Han Solo is framed as a deserter and thrown into the pit. Where he first meets Chewbacca. Chewbacca is about to kill him when Han speaks a few words of Shiriwook, the Wookiee language. This causes Chewie to change his mind and to assist Han in escaping. They escape and oddly enough team up with the very man who claimed that Han was a deserter. Tobias Beckett and his crew to pull a heist on an Imperial cargo train on the planet Bandor. The plan goes awry when Han Solo decides to save the lives of Beckett and Chewie instead of worrying about the coaxium they were supposed to be stealing. Complications had arisen when Emphis Nest, 
the intergalactic marauder. Our galactic marauder showed up to try to steal the score from under their noses. It was Chewbacca at that point who was seeing that Han Solo valued his friends more than he valued anything else. Even if Han would do it kind of grumpily. Chewbacca journeyed with Han and Beckett to go and explain to their boss, Dryden Voss, why they didn't have the collection. Dryden was very angry and threatened to kill them. But Han's quick thinking saved the day when he suggested that they go to collect unrefined coaxium on the planet Kessel. Chewbacca accompanied the mission and discovered enslaved Wookiees being used as slave labor in the coaxium mines. With the help of Han, Chewie went to the rescue of his Wookiee comrades, freeing them and freeing many of the slaves. Yet again, impressing Chewbacca with Han's desire to do the right thing. Now, we never see Chewbacca make his life debt to Han Solo. That is never mentioned in the movies. As some of you may not be aware, in the supplemental materials, it has been said that Chewbacca has pledged a life debt to serve Han Solo. We assumed we were going to get that in the Solo Star Wars story, but we never did. And I think it's okay, because their friendship needed to come first. And I think through the actions of Han Solo on Kessel, Chewbacca came to realize that this was a good guy. So then, of course, they make the infamous Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs in the Millennium Falcon. Mind you, Han Solo never says he made the Kessel run. He said it's the ship that made the Kessel run. Chewbacca, of course, is present during Tobias Beckett's double cross, but Han comes to his rescue. And the two team up and travel to a planet where they win the Millennium Falcon in a game of Sabacc against Lando Calrissian. And together, Chewie and Han, a team, head to Tatooine to begin work for Jabba the Hutt. The next time we see him is ten years after the events of Solo A Star Wars Story in Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Chewie meets with and converses with Obi-Wan Kenobi and then they meet with Han Solo and charter the ship to take the stole, take the Death Star plans, which are in R2-D2, to the planet Alderaan. Chewbacca, of course, in tow. They get there and realize that Alderaan has been completely destroyed. 
They are then captured by the Death Star's tractor beam and brought in. And through subterfuge, make their way into a control room near the one of the hangar bays and discover that Princess Leia is being held captive on the Death Star. Where they plan to rescue her. The plan is to pretend that Chewbacca is a prisoner being taken, a prisoner transferred to the cell block where Leia is being held. Then, of course, they shoot up the place, rescue the princess, but have to jump into the garbage chute to escape. Chewbacca howls in anger, trying to push the walls, and, you know, not very pleased with the confined space they've ended up in. They finally get out, and manage, after Obi-Wan Kenobi deactivates the tractor beam, to escape. Obi-Wan, unfortunately, dies, or rather gives his life so they can live. So I guess it's not that unfortunate, and they escape. Chewbacca pilots the Falcon while Han and Luke destroy the TIE fighters sent after them. They then travel to the oven base where the plans for the Death Star attack are made. Han thinks it's suicide. And decides to run off. With the reward money for rescuing the princess. Even though Leia gives him a stern talking to, it doesn't really change his mind. Though admittedly she gave him that stern talking to quite a ways before that. But even Luke giving Han a stern talking to, at thirst isn't enough to sway Han. Now, there's an interesting scene, and I just realized this. That after his confrontation with Luke, and Han does the whole, you know, what's good's a reward? He ain't around to spend it. You know, that whole thing. And Luke's like, take care of yourself. I guess that's what you're best at. Han, of course, then offers the parting words. Luke, may the force be with you. Hey, Luke. Or, hey, kid, may the force be with you. Luke kind of shrugs that off nonchalantly. Then Han turns with the reward money and sees that Chewbacca's looking at him. And he says, what are you looking at? I know what I'm doing. So I think Chewie, being somewhat of Han's conscience, realize the Han is making a mistake. It kind of makes you wonder, as they were flying away from Yavin, if they had words, and if Chewbacca didn't say a few words to change Han's mind. I think Chewie knows what's best for them, and I, after years and years of watching Star Wars, didn't realize till now. But, oh yeah, there is that moment where Chewie is looking at Han, and Han says, you know, I know what I'm doing. So Chewie, in a way, is Han's conscience. Of course, the Millennium Falcon comes to the rescue at just the right moment. Luke blows up the Death Star. And the day is saved. Three years later, during the events of The Empire Strikes Back, 
Chewie is on Echo Base with Han. They're working on the Falcon, which is always needing repairs, it seems. Because their plan is to leave because of the bounty that Jabba the Hutt has put on Han's head. For not retaining him for dumping his cargo. He has apparently made the decision to go and work for Jabba that Han alluded to at the end of Solo. Uh, led to some led to some pretty nasty stuff. Han, of course, is convinced to stay because of the battle. Uh, and also because Luke goes missing. Han, you know, as always, is a kind-hearted individual who's kind of hidden it under a, you know, curmudgeonly shell. Chewie knows better. Chewie and Han go to investigate the probe droid, which has a nice image of Chewie covered in snow yelling at the probe droid. Very nice image. That'll be the, uh, I think that's the image of today's video, I believe. After that, of course, Luke goes missing. You know, when Luke doesn't return, I'm getting the order of the scenes mixed up. But Han, because of his love for Luke, goes out to find him. And Chewie, of course, unfortunately, is left at the base and gets very sad. Especially when they have to close the shield doors. And he wants Eon again. And gives out a very mournful wail. And Chewie cares very deeply about his friends. And he's also worried about Luke. I think that Chewbacca's logic is, these are friends of my buddy Han. Therefore, they deserve the same amount of love and protection that Han deserves from me. Also, Han, Chewie's a very loyal friend. So, of course, they escape when Echo Base is attacked by the Empire. Of course, Vader sets out a bounty to catch them. Boba Fett and the Empire track them to uh, Cloud City. Where Han is frozen in carbonite, but Han, before he is frozen, gives Chewbacca the assignment to keep to watch out for Princess Leia. Lando helps them escape. Chewie doesn't uh, doesn't take too well to that and strangles Lando. Eventually, relenting, the Lando reveals that he has information about how to rescue Han. They try to get there, but they're too late. Boba Fett escapes with the frozen, with the frozen Han Solo. But Chewie helps them escape, and in fact, it's very interesting when when Luke is hanging upside down from Cloud City after discovering that Vader is his father. He reaches out in the horse to Leia. And Leia says, we got to turn around. And then like, we can't turn around, you know, and, and Chewie yells at him. Chewie roars at him. Very interesting. 
that Chewbacca seems to trust Leia's intuition. And, you know, Leia doesn't say what the problem is, but I think Chewie just immediately knows. If she thinks we need to turn around, we need to turn around. And I think Chewie... We don't know exactly Chewie's thoughts on, on the Force. But I think he's learned to trust Leia's intuition as more than just simple intuition. And then there's some actually some truth there. And uh, Leia also knows where Luke is, so they, they go and they rescue Luke. <laughs> Chewbacca, you know, as always, demonstrating his loyalty. And uh, Chewie heads off with Lando to go and rescue Han Solo from Jabba the Hutt. And leaves them with a nice, parting, friendly sound. A year later, in the events of Return of the Jedi, Chewbacca pretending to be the prisoner of Leia, dressed as the bounty hunter Bausch, is used to sort of get the foot in with Jabba the Hutt. So that Leia can infiltrate and release him from carbonite. Chewie is thrown into cell. In a prison cell. Han, after he's thawed from carbonite, is caught by Jabba again. And thrown into a cell, and thrown into the cell, thankfully, with Chewbacca. Kind of a parallel to what happened in Solo. Chewbacca, of course, gives Han a big old hug and gives him the lowdown on what's been going on. In fact, it's Chewbacca's like, oh, by the way, it's a Jedi Knight. And Han's like, a Jedi Knight? Yeah, I'm out of it for a few moments, uh, for a little while, and everyone gets delusions of grandeur. Well, Chewie kind of throws that out there. They, of course, are sentenced to be executed, but through Luke's ridiculously convoluted plan, they save the day, and they all escape, Chewbacca included. Then they gather with, at the big Rebel Alliance meeting to plan the Death Star attack. Chewie is going to be is is part of the Endor assault team, which will go and destroy the shield generator. Now, while they're wandering around in the woods, it's Chewbacca who sees a dead animal on a stick. Of course, thinking with his stomach, he reaches for it, and they're caught in a net. In fact, probably the most flimsily constructed net of all time. Yet it can hold all of them. But, uh, okay, whatever. Chewie doesn't at first take too kindly to the Ewoks. But he's kind of persuaded to go, go with them. Now... It's actually rather ironic that they were going to try to cook Chewie. Makes you wonder, Chewie is Chewie. You know, what, what, uh, you know, through Luke's machinations, they're able to convince the Ewoks that C-3PO does in fact have powers. And they're able to gain the Ewoks as allies. Kind of makes you wonder, did they ever tell the Ewoks the truth that, oh, by the way, that's uh, 
your golden god was not lifting himself. That was the Jedi guy. <laughs> yeah. So they gain the Ewoks' health. Chewie, like Han, runs up to the Ewoks. What does he say? Short elf's better than no elf at all. And with the help of the Ewoks, they're able to defeat the Empire. And the Imperial troops destroy the shield generator. The Death Star is destroyed. The Emperor is killed. And the Empire suffers a blow that it will never recover from. Chewbacca is, of course, there at the celebration. Telling Lando all about their adventures as they, as they exchange stories. I think Lando's describing the escape from the burning Death Star. And Chewie's there for that last sort of big family photo shot. <laughs> and that's the story of Chewbacca as we've seen. Now, of course, we jump to the newer movies. <laughs> My goodness, I almost completely forgot about the new saga. Chewbacca, we see 30 years later, still hanging out with Han. As it would seem, the uh, Millennium Falcon had been stolen from them, and stolen, and stolen. They finally get it back and meet Ray and Finn. And once, they, once Han learns about the map that BB-8 is carrying, he takes them to Maz Kanata on the planet Takanana. Han's plan is to run away. Maz convinces him that he should stay and fight. And he and Chewie get kind of sucked into it when the First Order attacks. They then reunite with Leia and C-3PO. And travel to the Rebel base and take part, or the Resistance base, and take part in the, in the planning to destroy Starkiller Base. Han's rather crazy idea to approach the planet at light speed gets them onto the surface of Starkiller, where they go about to destroy the thermal oscillator. Han, of course, meets his son, Kylo Ren, again. Kylo Ren murders him. Chewbacca, in a fit of anger, shoots Kylo Ren in the abdomen. Probably a pretty nasty wound, considering how powerful Chewie's bowcaster is. Finn and Rey meet Kylo Ren in the forest, where they attempt to take on Kylo Ren with Luke's old lightsaber. Or, should I say, Anakin's lightsaber. Finn is taken out quickly, but Rey once she channels the force, manages to defeat Kylo Ren. Chewie then flies in to rescue them, and the Starkiller is destroyed, and they all return triumphantly to the base. Once the map to Skywalker is complete, Chewbacca travels with Rey to Octo. He becomes a very loyal friend of Rey. On Acto, they meet with an old curmudgeonly Luke Skywalker. Chewie does a bit of yelling at Luke, and 
to end the story of what happened to Han unfolds. Luke it does, is not interested in teaching Rey the ways of the Force. But some, as Luke would say, that was a cheap move from R2-D2 playing Leia's old hope me Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope message convinces Luke otherwise. Chewbacca has some interesting adventures with the Porgs who rather seem to like him, though he's a little bit frustrated by them. And he even allows one to sit in the in the cockpit with him. After Luke has a bit of a meltdown because of Ray Kylo. He orders Ray to leave. Ray does submit of talking to him and whacks him around a bit. And finally gets what we think is the truth out of him. Luke, unwilling to to join the fight, and also telling Ray, this is not gonna go the way you think, tries to get her to stay. She doesn't and she runs off. She convinces Chewie to drop out of hyperspace and then release her in one of the escape pods so that she can go and try to turn Kylo Ren back to the light. Which leads me to believe that Chewie believes that there is still light in Ben Solo. I'm sure that Chewie was a huge part of Ben Solo's growing up. And I think Ray was able to convince Chewie, no, there is still good in him. I can bring it out of him. Ray almost succeeds, but Kylo chooses to go the other way. Chewie does some expert piloting of the Falcon down on the surface of the planet Crate. Flying through the one the beautiful mineral interior, along with a a his uh, little uh, porg sidekick, howling in triumph as they fly through. Chewie then helps the, the remaining resistance members escape. And they escape very, uh, only a handful of them to fight another day. And that, so far, is the journey of Chewbacca. I love Chewbacca. Chewbacca is kind of like a big, loyal dog. He's got that man's best friend vibe. He's got the classic uh, archetype of the sort of the sidekick. Um, he's a very lovable character. Apparently on the set of any Star Wars movie, everybody just wants to hug Chewbacca. Wookie hugging, I guess you'd be an Olympic sport. I love Chewbacca, and I, I know that a lot of people do. In the Star Wars Legends, he was killed. And that upset a lot of people. But, I mean, they, the, the bad guys dropped a moon on him. That's, uh, that's a pretty cool way to go, but still. It was dumb, and I don't think Chewbacca has any chance of dying in the Rise of Skywalker. I think Chewbacca's always going to be around, because that's what makes him great. He's always there. A Wookiee is always there to save the day. That's 
Fookies are. They're loyal. They're fierce. Chewbacca, despite his inherent ferocity, is a very gentle creature. Props to Peter Mayhew and Jonas Suetondo for bringing to light such a beloved character. Peter Mayhew created this gentle giant of a figure. Which is what Peter Mayhew was very much in real life. May he rest in peace. And Chewbacca is a beloved character. Beloved by so many fans. And I can't wait to see what they do with him. In Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. So those are my thoughts on the mighty Chewbacca. Let me know what you think about this lovable sidekick. My name is Brennan Marr. That noise you're hearing is my ventilator. And thank you for tuning in. The page turners, they were not. My Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you.